Learning a new language can be uncomfortable and difficult and sound funny and feel unnatural. And it's really no different when it comes to learning a new love language, but yet it can be a powerful tool in communicating God's love for other people. We're going to unpack all that and more today as we finish up the Love Languages of God series. sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. The Hearing Jesus podcast is so excited to partner with Compassion International. We believe in Compassion's mission to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Sponsors, when they sponsor a child, have the opportunity to see firsthand the impact that you're making through letters and updates that you receive from your sponsored child. It's not just changing the lives of children, it's changing entire families, whole communities, always through the local church and always in Jesus' name. When you choose to sponsor a child, you ensure access to quality education, medical checkups, healthy food, clean water, and most importantly, the love of Jesus. Delivered through a church in their community because of a generous, caring sponsor like you. And you can speak life, love, and hope to your sponsored child through personal letters that you'll exchange. I hope you'll join me in sponsoring a child through Compassion today. All you have to do is pull out your phone and text Hearing Jesus to 83393. You'll get a text back with a picture of a child who is waiting for a sponsor and a link to sponsor that child. You can also go to Compassion.com forward slash Hearing Jesus to choose a boy or girl to sponsor. When you sponsor, we'll also send you a copy of She Hears Learning to listen to Jesus, my book, as a token of our thanks for investing in the life of a child. Thank you for joining me and sponsoring a child through compassion today. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we are finishing up our Love Languages of God series, and I pray that this series has been a blessing to you, has helped you understand not just your own love language, but God's love languages to you, and also helped you have some insight into how you can speak love to other people in a way that's going to impact them through the love of Christ. Today, what I thought it would be helpful to do would be to maybe summarize and challenge you a little bit on some of the things things that we've been learning because there's this cliche phrase that we all use about getting out of our comfort zone. And while I don't necessarily always like that language, I do recognize that when we are stretched to do something new, it can be uncomfortable. And sometimes when we're uncomfortable like that, we hesitate or we shy away from doing whatever it is that God has called us to do. And so today I wanted to just maybe encourage you with some of the things that God has called me to do when I have been growing in this area. And if I can make it through, you can make it through because we serve the same God, the same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. As I was thinking about this this morning, I was thinking about how difficult it is to learn a new language. And, you know, I used to think that I could easily pick up new languages. And maybe that was true when I was younger. But because I have worked in multiple regions around the world, the problem is, is I am not only working with one people group that speaks one language. And so 
early on in my career, I started to learn Swahili because the people that I worked with in Kenya at the time, they spoke Swahili. But then I quickly learned that they didn't just speak Swahili. Sometimes they spoke Luo or sometimes they spoke a different language or sometimes they mixed some of those things together or there would be another tribal language mixed in depending on where we were in the region. And then I started working in the Caribbean and they spoke Spanish, but the kind of Spanish that they spoke with a lot of slang and really fast and slurring their words was different than the textbook kind of Spanish I had learned in high school. And so what I quickly realized is that it was really uncomfortable to learn new languages, new sounds, new dialects, new phrases even, or even the new way to say a phrase. All of that is really uncomfortable. It's hard. It's difficult. And so I can appreciate how difficult it may feel as you're thinking about speaking a new dialect, even within your own love language, or even more so what it feels like to start thinking about speaking a new love language. But yet, I want to encourage you to try. Because as somebody who maybe speaks another language, imagine the amount of love that is communicated when somebody learns to speak your language. I'm reminded of a time that I was headed to Haiti. And one of the things that I was really nervous about is the fact that they spoke Creole and sometimes French. I didn't speak hardly any French. I couldn't remember hardly any from high school, but I certainly couldn't speak Creole. And one of the things that I decided to do before I went was I got t-shirts made and phrases that had Creole phrases about how God, how much God loved people. So one t-shirt said, you are valued. One said, you are cherished. One said, God loves you. And I was able to speak to some friends that had been adopted from Haiti and they were able to verify the, the language. And so I had those put on t-shirts. That was kind of uncomfortable for me. There was a cost involved. Even trying to communicate these friends from Haiti, communicate what I was trying to do, that was a difficult conversation because I didn't know what their relationship with the Lord was like or if they would be open or receptive to even talking about it. It was uncomfortable, but yet the way that God chose to communicate love through that, even to these three individuals that I spoke with, it made an impact and they were so touched by the fact that I would do something like that. And so I just want to encourage you that even if it feels uncomfortable, it's okay. The more you do it, the easier it will get. Remember what Jesus said. He said, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me. That helps us to remember that we're not just doing this for ourselves. We're not just doing this to have a greater impact. We're doing this because Jesus has called us to do it. And it's one of the ways that we can love others and we can allow God's love to work through us. There have been several times in my life where God has called me to speak a different love language than what was native for me, I guess you could say. And one of the things that we talked about this past week was about loving the unlovables or touching the untouchables. And while in some ways that is an old hat for me, I have been involved in outreach ministry for a long time. I remember the first time I was really stretched in that area. You could say it was a new dialect within my primary love language. I had worked in the area of anti-trafficking in other countries, but the way that it looks in other countries is, is a lot different than how it looks in America. And as I was really praying about that and some ministry leaders and I were kind of unpacking what that would look like here in the States, we realized that while we in other countries would go and rescue girls off the street, it looked a lot different here. And there was 
really only one way for us to pursue that kind of ministry. And so what we started doing, and this was so uncomfortable for me, is we started going to local strip clubs. And as we would go, me and no men, it was all uh, all women. So me and a couple other ministry leaders, we would go to these strip clubs and we would get permission. It would be when the girls would be getting ready. And we started ministering to the girls at the strip clubs. And it, at first that was slow going. At first it was, um, we would take gifts and there would be a little card in there and the card would say, hey, you want to get grab coffee? And we would treat them or offer to treat them to coffee and just get to know them and be there for them. And what that eventually led to was multiple girls getting out of that lifestyle. And, you know, it, it looked different for every one of them. Sometimes it was helping them get housing. Sometimes it was helping them get into schooling. Sometimes it was helping them get a job. And my role eventually became more of the mentorship piece where I would help these girls actually walk out those steps. But initially, the first six months till probably actually probably the first two years, it was really uncomfortable. Me, you know, a children's pastor, outreach pastor, Bible study teacher going to strip clubs around town. We had like four or five of them that we would go to and knocking on those doors. And I just remember thinking, oh, this den of iniquity. If my grandmother could see me now, you know, or don't let anybody see me. But yet that's what God had called us to do. He called us to the untouchables or he called me to the untouchables. And I remember even within that, I started to get a little bit more comfortable with this idea of um, going and ministering to these girls that were working in these strip clubs. But then even beyond that, God started working on my heart with the strip club owners. And I, because I am an adult survivor of SA and lots of other things in my past, I just had such disdain for these guys that were taking advantage of women. And God started working on my heart and he said, I, I want you to to reach out to this guy and and pray for him. And I was like, I am not touching that guy. Like I will not put my hands on that guy. I don't know what what he's involved in. Spiritually, he's clearly involved in darkness. I don't want that transferred to me. And the Holy Spirit said, do you trust me? And I was like, yeah, God, I trust you, but I don't want to touch this slime ball. And God said, do you trust me? And so I did. I asked this guy if there's anything he needed prayer for. And he ended up telling me about his mom and some of his relationships. And so I reached out and I put my hand on his shoulder and I prayed for him. And I didn't feel anything. I mean, I felt gross, but I didn't feel anything. It's not like spiritually the Holy Spirit downloaded something to me. It was simply an act of obedience. And we left and I just felt gross and ugh, I just didn't even know. But you know what happened? About a week later, we got a check in the mail for $2,000. And there was a note that said, I really appreciate what you're trying to do for our girls. Here's some money to put towards it. And I thought, we're trying to get these girls out of there. This guy owns a place. He ends up giving us money to help with our efforts. I'm like, what the heck? And the Holy Spirit said, do you trust me? And I thought, okay, okay, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I, I do trust you. And then shortly after that same year, you know, that owner, he sold that building and there's no longer a strip club there. Actually, they put in a restaurant in that building. And so... I never had a conversation with him. I never, you know, the next couple times that we would go back, I never even saw him. I never even had another opportunity to pray for him. But God did something. God did something. And I don't know if he just broke the chains of bondage that were on that man. I don't know exactly what happened. But what I do know is that 
I trust God when he tells me to do something, even if it feels uncomfortable, even if it's a new dialect or a new love language completely. My encouragement would be to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he knows things that we don't know. And he can do things, especially when it's coupled with our obedience, that obedient heart that God is just asking us for. He can do that and he can redeem and restore things that we couldn't even imagine. Hey friends, this is Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus podcast, and I wanted to take a minute to share with you about our Patreon community. Are you loving the deep conversations, the biblical insight, and spiritual growth content that I share on the podcast? Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. By becoming a member of our Patreon family, you can take your Hearing Jesus experience to a whole new level. When you join Patreon, you gain access to ad-free episodes, daily journaling prompts and worksheets, monthly bonus content, personalized Q&A sessions with me, giveaways, and more. As a Patreon supporter, you're not just a listener, you're a valued member of my inner circle. But that's not all. Our Patreon community is a place where you can connect with like-minded people who share your passion for spiritual growth, engage in meaningful discussions, share your thoughts, and be part of something truly special. Plus, we've got some awesome perks lined up for our Patreon supporters, from shoutouts on the podcast to exclusive merchandise and much, much more. So if you're ready to dive deeper into the journey of hearing Jesus, head over to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Your support makes a real difference, allowing us to continue bringing you inspiring content week after week. Also, a portion of any income from Patreon goes to support children through our partnership with Compassion International. Again, head to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Thank you for being a vital part of the Hearing Jesus community. Together, let's learn to live out our faith in our everyday life. I think of another time where God was calling me to a new dialect to listen to him and spend time with him in a new way. And while quality time is certainly my love language and I love and crave my time alone with the Lord, I have talked about this before on the podcast where the Lord called me away to a a solitude retreat where I would be completely alone, just me and God for three days. And I fought that tooth and nail. I thought it sounded so boring. And I thought, oh, I don't want to be alone for three days. I love my time alone with the Lord, but I also know that my husband's going to be home for dinner and my kids are going to be home after school. To think about being by myself completely alone for three days. Oh my goodness. It felt so hard and overwhelming to me. And the Lord called me to do it. And I will tell you that that was one of the most rewarding seasons of my life that came out of that, that rest and that solitude where God gave me rest in him. And I was able to just sleep and listen and worship and pray. And that three days went really, really quickly. But it was something that I had to stretch and be obedient to what God was calling me to do. And so I think I share these things to help you understand that it's not that I haven't been there, but I understand the importance of it and I can recognize the value of it, of getting outside of ourselves. And maybe it's not something that difficult. Maybe that's not what God is calling you to do. Maybe for you gifts is a natural thing. And so you can regularly give gifts to somebody, but it's really hard for you to give words of affirmation. It can be something as simple as starting to do cards and sending 
cards in the mail. Now, I've gotten better at it because my daughter speaks words of affirmation as her primary love language. So I've trained my brain to operate that way now. But I wasn't naturally like that. And I remember a couple years ago thinking through the ways that I could work through the love languages of God in order to encourage and equip my staff. I was um, on staff at a large church and I had a lot of volunteers under me. And I was thinking about my team and I knew that there were people whose primary love language was words, but that was difficult for me. And I also was super busy. So I didn't really have time on Sunday mornings to be able to go and spend time talking to them. So I started doing what I call rockstar notes, where each week I would pick somebody and I would write out a rockstar note. And I got these cards that talked about being a rockstar. And I would just write them a note of encouragement and appreciation. And I can't tell you how much that touched some of those people, people that would never voice it to me. But when I responded to them by giving them a note, it, they came back and they said, oh my goodness, this just filled me up so much. And so there's so much value in learning to speak a new dialect in our love languages with God. And perhaps you're thinking, why? What's the point of all this? Well, let me just remind you that loving somebody, it means seeking the well-being, their well-being for them. And because people are God's creation and they are made in the image of God, and we know that God is love. His nature is characterized by love. Something that the heart of every created person craves is love. And something that we know, even if we never read a page of the Bible, it's ingrained in us that it's natural to show love to other people. But there are so many people, even within the body of Christ, that are separated from God. They may even know in their mind that God is real, but they don't have an active daily relationship with God. And part of our role as believers, I say this all the time, we are called to know God and to make him known. One of the ways we make him known is by loving other people with the love of Christ. I think the tendency in our human relationships is to say, well, I'm going to look out for you if you look out for me, and I'm going to act loving towards you if you act loving towards me. And I would challenge that kind of thinking as believers. You know, if I think about my children, I have three daughters, and one is past the teenage stage, one, well, two of them are in the teenage stage. And if I think of all the times that my teenagers did not act lovingly towards me, if I responded by not acting lovingly towards them, well, we would have had a terrible relationship. Sometimes love means looking past the behavior and loving them anyway. And I think especially when we are trying to communicate the love of God, and I'm not talking about having poor boundaries or being taken advantage of or anything like that. But I do think that the reason why Jesus was so appealing for people when he walked this earth and actually still to this day is because of the way that he loved people. Were they in sin? Absolutely. Were they nasty? Absolutely. But he loved them and it was the love that drew them to Jesus in the first place. And also it is not our role to change anybody. Our role is to point them to Jesus so he can change them. And so the best way that I know how to love people and to lead them to Christ is to love them in a way that they can receive and understand. Does that feel uncomfortable? Absolutely. Does that call us out of our comfort zone? Absolutely. Does it even feel a little radical? Well, yes, especially in the culture that we live in. But we have to remember that Jesus was radical in his teaching. You know, he says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. The whole model that Jesus shows for us in the gospels is to love those that are hard to love. 
And if we only love those that we feel like loving, well, there's the definition of human love versus divine love. We can love somebody with the love of Christ, even if we don't feel human love towards them. Now, I know that's hard. And I don't know about you, if you ever have enemies in your life, and maybe they're not full out enemies, maybe they're just people you don't like, or people that rub you the wrong way. Maybe it's somebody that you go to school with or you work with. But I have had those kinds of people in my life. And my human fleshly tendencies is is to hate them. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I want to hate them, especially when my kids come home and they tell me stories about other kids being hurtful to them. I want to hate those little kids. But right away, the Holy Spirit intervenes and says, I've called you to love them. And so I can say in that moment, okay, Jesus, I don't feel like I love them, but I know you love them. So I'm praying that you would give me eyes to see them the way that you see them and to act lovingly towards them the way you would. And sometimes that means we, you know, we don't say a word to them, but every time they come to mind, we pray for them and we start praying about the situation. That is a way to love somebody through the love of Christ. And maybe it's not that difficult. Maybe this is just about stretching you and growing you. But I think what you will find is even in areas where we feel weak, like we feel like we can't do it or it feels uncomfortable, it's in that weakness that Jesus is strong, that he gives us the strength to do those things that feel hard and uncomfortable. And we also have to remember that God loved us when we were still sinners. God sent Jesus to die for us before we even knew him, before we were even a thought in our mama's mind. Jesus laid down his life for us. And so that same love is the kind of love that we are called to love others with. And also, I just want to point out that we aren't loving others in order to prove our love for God or in order to be accepted by God. We love others in response to accepting God's love in our lives. You know, my word for the year, I don't think I've shared it on the podcast yet this year, but my word for the year this year is overflow. And I think overflow can mean a lot of different things. But if I think about it in terms of love, my prayer is, God, help my love for you be overflowing so that it spills out onto people around me, even the people that are ugly to me, even the people that are ugly to my kids. Lord, help me to have such an overflow of your love that I can't help but love the people around me. And I think that's my prayer for you as well. It's part of the reason why I felt led to do this series, this Love Languages of God series, because there's so many people that are struggling with feeling loved, not just in their human relationships, but in their relationship with God. But if we can get a handle on this, then hopefully we can get to a place of overflow ourselves. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you that you are a God that loves us and that clearly demonstrates love for us throughout the scriptures and throughout our lives. God, I pray that as we learn about these different love languages that we see in scripture and we experience them in their own lives, God, would you fill up our love tanks to overflowing so that we would have so much love that we wouldn't even be able to keep it in, but that it would just naturally overflow from our hearts, our words, our mouth, our lives to those around us. God, I thank you that there is so much love that there is no limit to the amount of love that we have access to through you. God, I thank you for the amount of love that you display for us on a daily basis. And God, I pray for my friend that's listening right now. God, help them to feel incredibly loved by the king of the universe, the one that laid down his life for them. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. 
Real quick, friends, before we go, I just want to remind you of an act of love that we are doing together on the show. If you're just joining us or if you haven't listened in a while, one of the things that we have made the decision to do is to partner with Compassion International. And one of the things I love about Compassion is they are communicating God's love in a very holistic way. And so we've partnered in a number of ways. The show is sponsoring children, but we are also inviting you into that model of sponsorship, which sponsorship helps get children not just the gospel but food and clothing and education and all the things that they need to be healthy and to grow up in in an environment that's healthy for them. But beyond that, we are also giving to various projects that I'm excited about. And so if you would like to learn more, you can go to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus. And actually, one of the things I talked about on today's episode, which was that anti-trafficking program I started in Kenya, that was my roots in missions. It was the way that I learned how missions should operate. And it's something that I've carried with me for so long. And so because of that, I have a special designation in my compassion partnership where I ask them to always put the top 100 children. So when you go to that compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus, the first 100 children you see there are children that are particularly vulnerable to exploitation because of their circumstances circumstances, because of where they live, perhaps because of family reasons. They're children that are highly vulnerable because my heart is that we could not just look for the least of these, but for the most vulnerable of the least of these. And it's another way that we can touch the untouchables. I would just ask you to prayerfully consider if God is calling you to partner with compassion as well. So again, you can head to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus to learn more. Hey friend. Every day when I finish the podcast, I feel so confident that this is one of the things that God created me for. And my journey is not unlike yours. I had a season in my life where I was doubting God's voice. I felt insecure about the things that I thought he might be telling me to do. If you were in that place, I want you to know that I offer spiritual direction and life coaching to help you get unstuck. Maybe you're struggling with something and need an objective biblical opinion. Maybe you need some help working through something that feels a little heavy. Maybe you feel called to write or start your own podcast, or maybe you just want to learn how to hear God's voice more clearly. For me, when God started to reveal his plan for my life, I found my purpose. And part of that purpose is to help you learn how to grow in your relationship with him. My heart is to help guide you in this area so you can step confidently into the calling God has for you. If you would like to start spiritual direction or life coaching, I'm opening up space for a couple more clients. You can head to shehears.org forward slash coaching to learn more. That's shehears.org forward slash coaching. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.